start tonight with if anyone has something they want to share. I know Becky wanted to share something from their trip to St. John's this morning. So this morning, um, I was able to go to First Baptist Church of St. John's. I brought David with me. And the teens that came and did our VBS, they shared and presented their missions trip to their church. So they have three services um, in the morning. And so they did it three times. And so I was there at the third time and it was really, really encouraging. First, um, Dan went up there and he explained what they did on the trip and he explained his goals for the trip, which was that they would um, grow in the gospel and proclaim the gospel, that they would get closer as a team and that they would have um, demonstrate a godly reputation as a church as they served us. And then it was just so obvious through, you know, everything we experienced that that all three of those things had happened. And um, then uh, a number of the teens came up and they shared a testimony of like what they had learned about themselves or what they had learned about um, God or something that God did that surprised them. And that was so encouraging. A lot of things we didn't even see or know about. And... Um, and one in particular, uh, Stuart, was saying that he um, appreciated the how in the morning we had them, um, I had prepared a devotional for them that goes through the parables because that was what they were going to be teaching at BBS. And then um, at night, Dad taught the series on Jesus' last prayers like he's been teaching on Sunday night. And um, this young man, had, he just drew this wonderful um, comparison through Jesus's work in us and intimate, imminent um, teaching of the parables paired with his transcendence and these prayers. And, um, and it, he just was, it was just, his description was quite powerful. And, it, and I was really um, encouraged by the way God had worked in that in, in a surprising way. And then um, many of the people, the kids that shared, talked about the parable of the sowing, the sower who just scatters the seed of the, the seed and doesn't know how, but God makes it grow. And there's all these ways that we see applications of that in this experience. You know, we, when we do VBS, we scatter the seeds of the gospel and we don't necessarily get to see it grow, but that doesn't mean it doesn't grow. Because we don't, we don't make it grow anyway. It's God that makes it grow. And um, even in the lives of these kids that came, um, we were able to scatter seed, and they were able to um, scatter seed to us. And um, in the same way, the VBS, the, even the families that came to the VBS scattered seed to me. Um, more than one, this is Becky's personal testimony part, but more than one mom from VBS um, they don't attend our church, came up to me and hugged me and held my hands and reminded me of the gospel and how it wasn't me who's doing the work, it's God that's doing the work. And that um, just encouraging me in the Lord. And then to have these kids come and encourage me in the Lord and just the way that God is making seeds in my heart grow. So it's just, I feel... Um, so blessed to have this window into how big the body of Christ is. And I hope that we'll get those kids back on a Sunday night so that you can hear it right from them because it was just a, um, 
just a wonderful encouragement and um, that God is just always working and uh, even when we're not looking. Did anyone else have anything they'd want to share tonight that God's doing in your life these days or any um, particular blessings or prayer requests or anyone? Okay, <clears throat> well, we will continue to do our study then on the uh, prayers in the Bible, and we're going to work through a little bit of the prayers in Colossians, starting in chapter 1 tonight, and so um, there's two prayers. There's a, a description of a prayer, and then an actual prayer, and so the first one is a description of a prayer, so let me, um, Joe, I'm, apparently my clicker's not focused there you go. Colossians 1, um, this is right at the very beginning. And Paul says, and he has not met the Colossians before. So this is a letter to a group of believers that he has not met. And he says, we also thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And so this is a description of what Paul is saying. This is what we pray. Um, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all his people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true word of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. And so Paul says he's thankful for them, and the reason he's thankful is because he's heard about their faith, and he tells them that this is coming from a fruit-bearing phenomena that God is doing all over the world. So this first prayer is we always thank God. So Paul, that's the prayer. We thank God, and the reasons that Paul prays is he had heard of their faith and of their love. So he heard about their faith through the reputation and of the love for all of his people. So somehow they had collected money or otherwise demonstrated love for God's people. And he says, and these two things that I heard about, the faith and the love, they're springing from hope stored up for you in heaven. So see the three words again, faith, hope, and love. We saw those same three words in Thessalonians, faith, hope, and love. Uh, faith is our perspective of the truth that God has worked in the past. And love is our current action towards other believers. And hope is our view towards the future. That's one way to think of it. And so our hope in the future is causing us to have faith and to love God's people. And that's what Paul is so thankful for. And these spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. And so he also says this gospel produces fruit everywhere. It produces fruit in your life. It produces fruit in the whole world. And that's it. So, so that's the four parts, that, you know, the four reasons or the, the line of thinking that Paul has for thanking God. Do you have any thoughts or comments on that? Does any observations or uh, you understand the basic structure? We've 
heard of your faith and your love for the people, those two things spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, the, the treasure that you have there, and this is what the gospel does everywhere. Makes sense? It's kind of straightforward. So what I'd like us to do is um, have four people take those four points. And so uh, the first one is to thank God that you heard about the faith of other believers. And then a second person would pray that we would thank God that we know of, that we've heard of or seen the love that we've had for other believers. And then the third person would say, would pray something along the line of thanking God that these things spring from the hope that we have in heaven. So just lead us in prayer to remind us of the hope in heaven. And then this gospel produces fruit everywhere. Another uh, reason to be thankful. So who would like to do number one for us? Doug, who would you like to do number two? Joel. And number three? Anyone? It's because you all want number four, isn't it? Marie's doing number three. And then number four, John. So Doug, Joel, Marie and John, one, two, three, four. And I'll bring you the microphone and then you can just pass it down. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and thank you for the goodness of your heart. We thank you, Lord, for the faith of the, the people that we can meet with and how they encourage us to to go forward. Lord, we ask that we would be faithful before you always. And Lord, we, we just know that this faith is not our own, but it, it's the faith that you give to us. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to build us up and that, that we would uh, be able to show that to others for your glory. So Lord, we just pray that... Uh, as a body of believers that uh, that we would be seen in the light of Jesus Christ, that others would see us and know that that it's you who uh, gives us our faith and that gives us our strength and um, that our focus is on you. So Lord, we, we ask that our, our faith would um, continue to grow and to be strong and and that it would show you in a light that uh, that the world would want. So thank you, Lord, for just the, the goodness of your love. I pray this in your name. Thank you, God, for your great love for us, your love that... Um, that you had for us even before we were born. You foreknew, foreordained, predestined us even to be followers of you. We love you for your sacrifice. Lord, I want to thank you for your people here at this church who have sacrificially loved those around them through the givings of, of financial gifts and prayer and time who've been a crying shoulder. Lord, I also want to thank you for <clears throat> the love shown to our church by our brothers and sisters at First Baptist in St. John's. You know, we sent over Dan and Sarah 
Um, and that's, that's helped to build a good relationship, Lord. Um, but even before they went there, you had worked in that church to fill them with love, to share the gospel, to see your name glorified and made great. Lord, we thank you that uh, that youth group team was able to come here, that they had great attitudes. They didn't come here um, grumbling or uh, considering this to be a waste of their time and effort. Um, no, Lord, they sacrificially gave of their time and their energy, their emotions, or they gave of their money to help us out that the gospel would be preached. Thank you, God, for your sacrifice, and thank you for the sacrifice shown to us by our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we also thank you so much for the hope of heaven that you tell us about over and over in your word. And Jesus, our Savior and our Lord himself, Lord, said that he goes, he has gone to prepare a place for us and that where he is, we may also be. We thank you, Lord, that we see this hope all around the world in the believers in uh, where there is uh, and has been great persecution in the Muslim countries and China and Russia and even Europe and somewhat in, in the West already. Because uh, we know that you tell us that um, the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that uh, you have laid up for us in heaven. We thank you, Lord, that uh, part of that glory is uh, the saints that have gone before, that have set an example to us of uh, your power to save. We pray, Father, too, that uh, you would uh, guide us to people in the coming week, that we can share this hope that we have of Christ and of heaven. Um, that it's not pie in the sky, that it's a reality. And um, that our faith uh, and our testimony would be clear and um, strong, full of faith, so that others may see and love you and serve you. Through Christ we pray. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, we praise you that the gospel is not just words and it's not just good feelings. The gospel is so much more than that. For the gospel has power and that power causes growth in us and in the people around us and in this world. And as we grow the gospel working in us produces fruit, O oh Lord. Fruits of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, O oh Lord. That these things show out through us as we continue to grow, we get more fruit, O oh Lord. We thank you for that. 
But the gospel does this not only here, but in our, and in our community, but in our crater county and the entire world, oh Lord. As people who come to you for salvation, see changed lives because of the good news that they can have forgiveness of sins. We praise you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Those are good things to be thankful for, aren't they? To, to know that it doesn't depend on us and that the faith of fellow believers and their love around the world is working the same for them as it does for us. And it produces fruit in our lives. And we are not, we, are, we don't squeeze harder, squeeze, guy, make fruit. No, God produces fruit through his spirit in our lives. So. Okay. <clears throat> the next part of the, of the continuing right on then, Paul says, for this reason, so since he's so thankful, he says, since the day we've heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And so Paul is, he was thanking God in the first part, and now he's praying specific requests for them. And so he outlines a rather Pauline kind of structure. It's, uh, it's, it's outlinable, but it's long. And so he prays this. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. And then the NIV translators put a colon there to help us understand that this is sort of introductory and now there's going to be a list of ways that we can live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So I'm just pointing that out as we read. And so it goes on, bearing fruit in every good work, comma, growing in the knowledge of God, comma, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, comma, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, comma, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so I can't help but think that that last, this last page here, this last screen is, Paul just couldn't resist explaining to us what he meant when he said, that we are qualified to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. What is this kingdom of light? And Paul, he would smile and say, I'm glad you asked, right? And he would say, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, right? We're, we're not trapped by the darkness of this world in the thinking and wickedness of the world. And we're brought into, he's rescued us from that dominion and he's brought us into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. So that's the kingdom of light. And it's in his son that we are purchased back. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, the solution to our greatest problem. So this is the way I tried to outline it. And, um, and I have it here. We have not stopped praying, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. And so He's, he's sort of saying, this is what we're asking God to do. We're trying, he's, we want him to fill you with knowledge 
of his will, not just knowledge about science or history, but the knowledge of God's will, and that this is only possible through wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And so Paul is praying, I want you to have a knowledge that you need the Spirit in order to understand, right? I think that's what he's saying. And then he says, so that you will live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So maybe those are um, parallel statements. Maybe those are synonyms, right? That you will live a life worthy of the world. That's the same thing as please him in every way. Or maybe those are two specific things that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and also that you will please him in every way. Although they seem to me like... uh, synonyms, like a parallel, he's just saying the same thing in two different ways. And then he lists, what does this mean? What, what do you mean live worthy and please him? And he gives four answers, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, and so that you'll have great endurance and patience. So there's a specific reason he's praying for strength. And then I also want to pray that you will give thanks to the Father, and there's a specific reason for that, because we're in the inheritance in the kingdom of light. You follow what I've kind of tried to say there? So what I did is I printed out a copy of this passage, and so I'd like to, I kind of outlined it the same way. So I'd like each of you to have one, if you want to pass it for me, thanks. And so again, I, I... I am uncertain about some of the structure, but um, it does seem to be pretty clear that there's those four specific requests bearing fruit in every good work. And so that's kind of interesting, isn't it? He didn't just say, I want you to bear fruit and kind of open-endedly, but he says, I want you to bear fruit in every good work. And so there's good works that we can do. Remember, we have been saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Um, We were saved by grace, not by works, so that no one can boast, right? And so we're saved already, but then having been saved, we're saved into the, uh, to do good works for God. And so we go, we, we roll up our sleeves out of gratitude to Jesus, not to earn his love, but because he's already demonstrated his love to us. And so out of gratitude, we roll up our sleeves and we try to do good works, and Paul is praying that we would bear fruit in those good works, that they wouldn't just be um, beating the air and wasting our time. So bearing fruit in every good work, and then growing in the knowledge of God, right? He wants us to, to know God and the power of his resurrection, Paul would say other places, to know the love of God that transcends height and depth and all those things. And so getting to know God as a person, then being strengthened with all power, and then he qualifies that with um, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, right? Which is, what is the glorious might? What's, how do, what's the best representation of God's glorious might? Well, you could say creation, all those things, but he would often say the resurrection power, that power that I had to bring Jesus back from the dead and to change your life. And he prays that we would have strength so that we would have that great endurance and patience, right? That's that that thing of that, so that phrase of that number three. And then the fourth one, and that we would be a thankful people, joyfully thankful. And he reminds us, why should we be so thankful? Because we've been qualified. We are, we are qualified. We deserve to be in the, in the kingdom of light 
because of what Jesus has done. He has qualified us. So we don't deserve it for our works. We deserve it because Jesus has qualified us. And then I pull that last explanation phrase all the way back out to just say, hey, all these things are really possible and cool because he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Okay? So that's a big outline. Do you have any observations or comments or thoughts about that? What parts make sense to you? Do you have a question about anything? What do you think? It kind of makes sense. Okay, so what I would like to do again with our time remaining is um, have people who would would volunteer to pray for um, items one, two, three, and four in my outline. So down the 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 four things that are associated with being worthy of the Lord and pleasing Him in every way. But then I'd also like someone to pray specifically for point. 1A, one, the one that says to fill you with the knowledge of his will. So that's sort of an introductory request. And then so I want 1A and then 1A, double I, 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, those four. And then the last person to maybe just give thanks for number two. So I'm looking for six volunteers and you get to pick. So you're the first one who raises or, you know, you pick, you tell me which one you want. What would you like to pray for? Mike, what would you like? Number one, bearing fruit in every good work, right? Okay, Mike, that's that one. Someone else? Joel, which one would you like to pray for? So the very first part, right? The the sentence that says, to fill you with the knowledge of his will, that one. Okay, Donna, number two. There's a, okay, Becky, which one would you like to do? Okay. Becky being strong, being strengthened. I got two more opportunities. Anybody else want to? I appreciate you doing it. It's not always easy, but the, uh, um, the words are there, and if you just read them out exactly as they were, you wouldn't be wrong, <laughs> right? So this is, this is easy, and yet... It's always hard to do in public, but anyone, I got two more spots. I'll do the very last one. So John gets two point nine. So I need somebody who wants to pray that we would learn to joyfully give thanks to the Father. And it can be one of the ones who prayed before too. Joe, okay. Joe's got number four. So Joel, Mike, Donna, Becky, Joel, and then I will close. All right, so I'll kind of stand by you so I can grab the mic and move it, and it's okay if we have a little pause. All right, thank you, Joel. Go ahead. Dear God, we ask that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Jesus, you promised that when you left us and returned to the Father, that the Holy Spirit would come to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. And 
some of those things sound negative, sin and judgment, Lord, but right in the middle it says righteousness. That righteousness, you call us to be holy. I think that's your will for us, Lord, is to walk in a holy manner, to live like Jesus. So we ask again, Lord, that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will. Fill us with an awareness and a conviction of sin. Fill us with a knowledge of how we can walk with righteousness. Lord, I ask that you would enable us to hunger and thirst for righteousness and that we would be filled. You promise that your Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and understanding. We thank you for your, your blessed Holy Spirit, the intimacy that we have, the transparency in our lives before you, that, that um, Holy Spirit intercedes with groans um, that have no words. Lord, when we yearn and we hunger and thirst for righteousness and we yearn and hunger and thirst to know your will and to do your will, there's a promise that we know that will be fulfilled. Yet we ask for it all the same. Lord, bless us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation that you provided us. We pray that um, you would work in our lives, Lord, and knowing that we don't get to you through works, but through the blood of Christ. But it pleases you when we do works that, that help bring others to Christ, Lord. So we pray that um, we would seek to please you and do these works and, and do the works that would um, bring others to Christ, Lord, and, and give them the knowledge that they need for salvation. We pray this in Christ's name. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give each of us a desire, a passion, even an obsession to know you more, to grow in our knowledge of you, guide us in our study of, of the Bible and of your characteristics, your attributes, your plans, your workings, and that even more than knowing about you, that we would know you intimately. We realize that the more we learn about you, the more we know, the more we know we don't know. But Lord, we just pray that we would desire to continually know you in a deeper and more intimate way, and that that would impact the way we live. Father, as we continue in prayer, I pray that we would be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might so that we might have endurance and patience. Lord, I pray that we would be strong in the Lord in, in your mighty power, not in our own. That we'd be aware of our weakness and our utter dependence upon you and that we would clothe ourselves with the spiritual armor that you've um so graciously given us that um, we would be able to um, apply truth and trust your promises when Satan lies to us and shoots his accusations at us, that we would maintain, um, that we would stand firm and um, not lose ground, but boldly walk forward knowing that the battle's already won and that we just have to follow you step by step in your name.
Lord, as we continue to pray, and that strength that you give us, Lord, is the strength to endure, but part of that, and what comes also from that endurance, Lord, is the ability to be joyful through all of it, through all that this world gives and sends upon us, Lord. Um, it seems like so much of it is not fun. It's not pleasing. It's not enjoyable, Lord, but yet that strength to endure also is the strength that we can joyfully praise all that you have done. Um, Lord, let us today give that joyful thanks to you, regardless of what's going on in our hearts and the storms that have been on the horizon. Um, may we joyfully remember all that you have done for us, Lord, all that uh, your son has died on the cross for. We are okay. We are saved because of the work of your son, not by our own works, but by his works. And so nothing that we do now or nothing that the world does can ever take us from your hand. And that is what we can be thankful for, Lord. And we can be joyful in doing so, even when it seems like all we can do is just barely hang on and endure, Lord. But thank you. And let us continually joy, uh, let us joyfully continue to praise all that you continue to do for us and have done for us, Lord. Amen. And so, Father, as we wrap it up here for tonight, I just want to thank you so much that you have <clears throat> done something that we cannot, um, we probably, until we have a clearer vision in eternity with you, we do not realize how do dominated we were and would be by the darkness of this world. The evil one hates you and wants to drive all of your people into darkness. He fills the world with deception and lies. He promises so much and delivers nothing and only takes. And the world is so dominated by this perpetual darkness and these evil forces that war against your goodwill and your good word and your and your your gospel. Lord Jesus, you rescued us from the dominion of darkness by yourself going into that dominion and as the whole earth was darkened while you were on the cross, you endured the darkness and the shame and the horror of being rejected by your Father so that we would never have to be. You endured and overcame that dominion of darkness. And in your power, you, you set the light and, and you created by your obedience the kingdom of light. And you brought us, your people, into that kingdom, and, and we are now for part of your family, and, and we are in your kingdom, and your Father loves you, you love us, we get to serve together, and we're in this really strange time now. We, we know that the future is so bright, and, and the past was so dark for you, but now we're in this time where we're already rescued and yet we're still on the battlefield in this world, struggling against the powers of darkness, even with our own hearts. Like Becky said, the lies that we believe that, 
and the things that make us discouraged and and the, as Joe said, the things that make it hard to be thankful or joyful, we're in that battle. But we know that you win and that you have given us the forgiveness of our sins. And so we're okay. We're, we're good before you. We're good. And you are just to forgive us our sins because you've paid it all. And so all of these requests, all, all of this joy of the, the good news of your gospel, producing fruit all around the world, all of these things come because of what you're doing. And when we forget how great it is and how awesome your work is, it's only because we aren't thinking right. We aren't looking at the whole story. The whole story is that we've been rescued from that darkness. We pray for those who are still trapped in that darkness. May your gospel light shine and may we be used by you as Jesus would say to be the the city on a hill that cannot be hidden that we are the light of the world may we may we demonstrate may we reflect your light to the lost so that they would come and see and taste and find Jesus themselves and we'll thank you in his mighty name amen well thank you for this good study on a prayer and and uh, Lord willing, we'll continue this next Sunday night. You're dismissed.